Hey, what's up? This is Nick Carter, and make sure you subscribe to the John Taffer Podcast. I don't want to share someone else's thoughts. I want to create my own original thoughts. I want to create my own original solutions. I want to look at situations and come up with my own phrasing, my own words, and do it my way. This is the John Taffer Podcast. Shut it down! You know, it's funny, Corey. People think of me as like some rock and roll guy. I ran a troubadour during the punk rock days. You know, I knew Fear and Black Flag and Adam Ant, right? And I'm a big classic yeah. rock guy. I love my Jimi Hendrix and my Cream. And, you know, I'm a, I am love Black Sabbath. And, you know, I love Ozzy. I love all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you something I've never really said publicly before. I'm a big Backstreet Boy fan. Okay. And I mean it. Yeah. Uh, back in the year 2000, when the Millennium album came out, my daughter was, I guess, about 10, 11 years old at the time. And she bought the record, and I fell in love with that record. That is a great record. I it mean, is, yeah. Every song in that record is great. And, of course, it became an incredible success. If I'm not mistaken, the Millennium album by the Backstreet Boys broke the record set by Garth Brooks wow. to sell over a million copies in one week. That's unbelievably impressive. So, finishing my story, being a Backstreet Boy fan, and I do have it on my uh, uh, on my phone. It's in my iTunes, and I listen to it every few months or so. I'll pull it up and I listen to it. It's sort of good time. Music. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, it's good time <laughs> music. So, about three or four years ago, I'm in New York at Sirius uh, Radio, and I'm about to go in and do some interviews at Sirius. And as I'm in the green room. Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys walks out of, I don't know if it was the Stern studio or one of the studios yeah. in Sirius, and sees me, and we see each other in the green room, and we shook, and we gave each other a hug, introduced ourselves, and we took a picture, which is on the wall here in the offices yep. mm-hmm. at Taffer Media, and I said to him, I mean, you got to come on my podcast one of these days, and he said he would. That was almost five years ago. So it took all this time. But I got to tell you, I'm really excited to have Nick Carter on uh, this week's podcast. And I'll tell you why. Nick was a star at nine years old. Think about this. At nine years old, he was a star. At 11 years old, he was offered a slot in the Mickey Mouse Club from Disney. He joined the Backstreet Boys when he was 12 years old. I mean, 12 years old, Corey. Nick Carter never went to high school. He was homeschooled. He spent years on the road with the Backstreet Boys before they ever got the first record. Since then, he's done acting. He's done Dancing with the Stars. He's made his own movies. The Backstreet Boys are on a huge resurgence. Mm-hmm. Their re- residency here in Vegas was hugely successful. So I'm really excited. I got Nick Carter on our podcast this week, and there's so much I want to talk to him about. You know, from being a child star to the struggles that he's had as an adult uh, with substance abuse at times, his family, how he's lifted himself up. There's so much I want to ask Nick Carter. So when I come back, I'm going to be with Nick Carter. Don't shut down this podcast. John Taffer will be right back. Corey, we got to talk about this company. Big ass fans, BAF we call them. They're all over the Vegas airport and restaurants, schools, gyms, military bases, everywhere around here. And it seems like you can't get away from them. And they don't just do big ass fans. They're the best fans for your house and patio. And they even have these evaporative coolers that are perfect for places like Las Vegas and maybe where you are during the summer too. If you haven't seen them, check them out. Go check the website. You'll never guess the name of the website, Corey. Bigassfans.com. So check it out, bigassfans.com. Dot com. That's BigAssFans.com. So, you know, Corey, when I opened up Taffer's Tavern, I didn't want TVs with guys sitting behind desks all day. I wanted great video programming. So I chose Atmosphere TV. Atmosphere TV is home to 40-plus content channels, including their flagship channel, Chive TV. It's built for your business and proven to keep your customers sitting, eating, drinking, and spending more money. You can find Atmosphere in thousands of bars and restaurants nationwide, and their service remains 100% free for business use. So just text TAFFER to 474747 or head over to Atmosphere TV, atmosphere.tv, and use the discount code TAFFER to receive your device 100% free today. That's atmosphere.tv, atmosphere.tv. Yeah. You are my fire, the one desire. 
I couldn't resist, Nick. That's a great song. I had to play it for a minute. And I see it did make you smile. <laughs> now, truth be told, I'm a true Backstreet Boys fan. I truly am. I love the record Millennium. I listen to it to this really? day every few months. I do, Nick. Wow. Thank you. And and when we met in, in the studio that day, I was thrilled to meet you. We stopped. We shook hands. We took a picture. We were sort mm -hmm. of passing by in the night. Yeah. And I said to you, would you do this and come on my show? And you said, yep. And you walked away. Five years later, <laughs> you're a man of your word. I did, I did, yes, I came through. It was so funny because um, you, uh, I, I, coming into the studio, I, I saw the, the picture on the wall, and you reminded me, and I looked at it, and I said, and I, I remembered the jacket because you had this really, like, explosive blue jacket. It was nice. You looked dapper for sure, but I was just like, and I totally remember that entire situation, and I did. I told you. I said, yeah, I'll be on the show. Yes, and... Uh, five years later, a uh, Backstreet Boys residency in Las Vegas, now yep. where I live, and all these other things, and we we didn't get a chance to, to see each other since then. That's crazy. No. And you guys invited me to the residency, and I can't yeah. believe it. Again, as a huge Backstreet Boys fan, yeah. I was on a road at the time. But welcome, buddy. Thank and, you uh, for having me. Thank for you. all my listeners, I have the opportunity to spend some time with somebody who I find fascinating. I find your life fascinating, Nick. Thank you. Uh, and, and you know, uh, 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 starting with, if you will, uh, the Yankee Rebel. Ah, uh, <laughs> you know, so it ties in with the uh, the, the the shows with you, you and everything. Yeah, the whole and yeah, so little history on that. Okay. Um, there was a. I'm from Jamestown, New York. Yep, that's where I was born. I uh, spent up to like six years of age uh, is where I lived up there. My grandmother, uh, rest her soul, Barbara, she was uh, one of my favorite uh, grandparents ever. She actually owned this bar, and she was the owner of the bar and. And along with uh, her husband Chuck and and my father actually started he integrated into the rest uh, to ah, the bar as well. And, it's a two generation bar. Yeah, and so they 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 ran this bar, and um, we actually lived as when I was born above the bar. So ah. there would be, my dad was like the DJ. He was he was always downstairs <laughs> spinning records, and there was even like pictures of. You know, me with like his headphones on and just, wow. you know, the old vinyls behind him yeah. and everything like that. And I was always hearing music in the bar uh, up above in this little apartment that we lived in. So do you attach that? Because you were very young. This is when you were very young, correct? Yeah. I mean, uh, between, I don't know exactly when it was that we yeah. lived there, but it had to be between the years that I was born and yeah. to, to six. So do you think it, it, it created your affection for music, your desire to be involved or hear more and play more? And You know, I, I, I would like to say that one of the things was that my my parents and my father, like music w was always around us, yeah. you know, when it came to, like literally he took those, those vinyls, his set of vinyls, and brought them down to Florida where we moved. And and I never forget, like looking through all, I, like, I found it fascinating to be, you know, it was always about this, the art that, came along with the vinyls as well and like i would be flipping through yeah, them yeah, you know and always yeah. looking through them and like journey yeah i i grew up grew up listening to a lot of classic rock you know mm -hmm. and stuff like that so you know you name it foreigner journey um all those bands yeah you know, credence clearwater you know you name them that's what we listened to at the time and yeah so i do i do think that it definitely influenced me a little bit and it and it put the the music bug in you know in my body yeah i don't want to make you blush <laughs> but you know, I think that you are the epitome of the word talent, and let me let me say what I mean. This okay. People take things like the Backstreet Boys for granted. You know, they look at a Nick Carter and they say, "Ah, he's a lucky fuck." <laughs> you know, ah, he was there at the right time in the right yeah. place. You know, he didn't know how to dance until he met those guys. They taught him everything. He didn't know how to sing. And boy, are they wrong when they say that. Thank and, you. Yeah, and thank you don't become a household name for no reason. Yeah. And I look back at your life, and you started dancing at what age? So I started uh, dancing and singing um, probably around like 10, 11 years of age um, in Tampa, where we moved down from upstate New York, Jamestown, and uh, got into this like like classic uh, teacher who taught me a lot about just basically classical singing is what I did, and um, you know, you name it, like on the piano, doing the scales and all those things, and and then I started to get into dance class. Uh, Carl and DeMarco was a really, uh, you know, influential uh, piece uh, to my development as far as like uh, entertainment goes and talent. And Sandy Carl gives so much credit to her down in Tampa. Um, and it's funny because I, 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 I'm a huge Buccaneers fan. I look, I, li I live in Vegas. You yep. know, there's a little bit of a conflict. You know, yep. I'm like so far away. 
And uh, but a lot of people don't know that I actually um, I performed at the halftimes at Hulahan Stadium for two uh, seasons, for, right? For two sta- yeah. two seasons when I was like 11, 12 years old, right before I met the Backstreet Boys, and I was a part of this whole dance troupe called Nick and the Angels. I was and just gonna say you you yeah. bust, I was just gonna say your first group really wasn't the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Your first group was it was Nick called and Nick and the Angels, and 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 because <laughs> uh, Sandy Carl was an actual she was um, the choreographer for the. The, the swashbucklers at the time, which were the cheerleaders. And so she just kind of threw me in the middle of all these cheerleaders, and I would go out and in the middle of halftime and, and perform for this really bad Buccaneers team. But So I was the entertainment. There was barely anybody in the stands at that time. Wow. So that's That was one of my first experiences. But but you were standout at nine years old. And again, I'm not trying to make you blush, buddy, but you were <laughs> standout of Thank those you. kids. That's why it wasn't Joe and the Angels. That's why it was Nick and the Angels. Yeah. So, so your family and, and the people around you sensed that you had a lot of talent when you were very young. I know you performed at 11 in a show. I think it was in elementary school. And you, yeah. got, you, you made yep. people cry when you did that performance. Yeah, I mean. At that, 11 years old. I, I, yeah, thankfully, yeah, that was uh, one of the things that... um. I had a, a, a teacher, Miss um, uh, uh, Montez Dioka, who discovered me in a lot of ways. She, there, Somebody actually got pretty much kicked out of this play that they were putting on uh, for Phantom of the Opera. And um, I, she's like, I need to find somebody. We're about a week out or whatever it was. And, and then they said, well, hey, well, Nick is singing. You know, he's a singer and performer. He's in all these dance classes. And she kind of plugged me in. And I played the part of Raul and, and uh, did pretty well to the point where yeah I made some people cry you know and, and but it, it was things like that you know like chance you know that you, if you look back on on my life as far as entertainment goes you know it it's like all these little like moves and things that happen to get you to the place that you're at right now and yeah. it's really interesting when you look back but you create those opportunities too yeah by being in the right place and by showing passion and commitment fact of the matter is so much of life is sort of standing out in a crowd Nick yeah you know, and, and when you were 9, 10, 11 years old, compared to the kids around you, for some reason, you stood out in the crowd. You know, you had this talent, and you had the confidence to get in front of people and do it. Yeah. It's 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 hard. You know, I say, um, you know, right when I met the Backstreet Boys, um, which was around 12 years old, 11 and a half, 12 years old yeah. when I met them, uh, another story, too, that uh, I was doing a lot of, things kind of started heating up in Tampa and, and Florida, and we, uh, we would travel... My mom and I would travel all the way to um, Orlando and do auditions and stuff like that. And we ended up uh, doing two auditions, I think, uh, two days in a row or whatever it was. And we stayed up in Orlando. And one of them was the, uh, for the Mickey Mouse Club. And, you know, I, I just remember things kind of really coming together. I was a horrible actor. So I was trying to do acting as well. Mm-hmm. And I realized to this day I'm a really bad actor. Are you? Yeah, <laughs> I'm really bad. And so I leaned a little bit more into, like, the singing. And I was passionate about it. And... Um, yeah, so I got offered a contract uh, from the Mickey Mouse Club, uh, and they put it right in front of me. It was like a $50,000 contract for a, literally a, a, a family of five and a, you know, pretty much, I would like to say, middle, lower income sort of. A lot of uh, money. Yeah, a lot of money. And we turned it down. And I remember uh, a year later... Because um, I basically had the Backstreet Boys and that contract offered at the same time. I took the Backstreet Boys and I, I told my mother t- at the time, I said, you know, um, I think I'd rather try this long shot called the Backstreet Boys and see what happens. And then a year later, Mickey Mouse Club was no more on, on, the, on uh, TV. On TV anyway, she made the right call. Yeah. But was uh, 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 your family really supported you in that choice? Uh, y- you know, it's interesting. You leave a, ch- a choice to a, you know, 11... Your you know, kid, your, yeah. your old child, um, it really was my choice. You know, they, they said at the time, he said, what, what would you like to do? You know, and I, and I made the choice and, um, looking back, I'm, I'm happy with it. You know, I, I have a, 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 a family of four <laughs> other brothers who I love and, and we've been together for almost 30 years now. Unbelievable. Almost 30 years. Okay. So now you're 12 years old. You're suddenly in the Backstreet Boys mm-hmm. and you're rehearsing and you're training for the Backstreet Boys. And then how long did it take between you becoming a Backstreet Boy and realizing the power of what you guys created when, when you really hit? How long was that? You know, there was a, there was a long uh, period where basically we, uh, it, pretty much around 12 years old, where it took about, five, about four to five years of just hard work. Uh, we were constantly touring. Uh, we, 
we were doing these things called, they were called at the time this ESM tour. Mm -hmm. And it was a special program for uh, high schools and elementary schools where they would bring in like entertainment. And then we were part of that package. And, you know, we had this uh, beat up tour bus that we just went all the way around the country and had no record deal. And, um, and that was a time when we really bonded together, but we were, I mean, any, any time that, you know, someone, you know, doubted us or, you know, judged us, we were like, well, hold on one second. Like we can sing acapella. This is what we like to do. And so we were just always had a little chip on our shoulder. Always were trying to, uh, you know, fight, you know, through that time. And, um, and then eventually we got, uh, a deal with, uh, actually a story that a lot of people don't realize or know is there was this label called Mercury Records. I remember them. And, uh, John Mellencamp was on that record label. And uh, and we almost got a deal with them, and it fell through. And so that's when we got picked up by Jive Records, and then pretty much the rest was mm-hmm. history. So it was four to five years of busting your ass on the road yep. before it really happened. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking between the age of, like, 12 to, you know, 14, 15 years old. And even at that time, um, we weren't accepted. We had to go over to Europe. And Europe was the only place that really uh, was – because – during that time, rap music had just come out. There was like, uh, you know, Snoop Dogg. There was Nirvana. Yeah. There was, all, yeah. and they it was pretty much on the tail end of like the whole Millie Vanilli thing. Yep. And yep. then the new kids on the block had just kind of taken a hiatus. And and so really, there was no place for for you know a singing group at that time, you know, of our caliber. So, so we so we jumped on a plane and we went all the way to Europe and wow. and just pretty much spent. You know, two years breaking over there, and that's and then we came back. So I was I'd like to say I was around you know, 16, 17 years old before uh, we hit. really hit in the states. Yeah. So you missed high school. Oh yeah. And you think about that. So, so really, your high school classmates were the Backstreet Boys. I mean, it yeah. was you guys together at mm-hmm. that age. Yeah. Now you're the youngest. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the age difference between oldest and youngest in the Backstreet Boys? Well, I'm, I'm eight years. Uh, from the oldest. Gotcha. Okay, so so yeah. you guys were, were have a at that age were really close enough to to really become brothers. So you get along really well now, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, we just got together for a. Uh, uh, you were just asking earlier <laughs> for a special uh, occasion that requires recording some music. <laughs> and so, which and you're that not was allowed to speak about. I'm, I'm, I like to speak a little bit about it. I, I don't mind. They can get mad at me. It's it's a it's a holiday uh, record uh, that we're we're working on right now, um, and uh, we hadn't seen each other in a in a year since COVID started. Wow. It was an entire uh, yeah. maybe a little bit longer than that. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to come back to Vegas for another residency here? So there are some plans. There's some tie-ins with some things that we're working on right now. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to get you back over to that concert since you missed the DNA World Tour. Or well, actually, not that this is crazy. Like I literally called. We were on tour. It was called the DNA World Tour. Yeah. We were all around the world. Uh, we were doing our second leg in the United States. Another 50 shows, and that's when COVID happened. So we had to postpone that. We pushed that tour to next year, 2022. Uh, but right before that, we had the Larger Than Life residency. And and that was, I mean, it was the fastest selling residency. It's Unbelievable. Act, it actually, uh, it literally made my family, my wife and, and my child at the time, Odin, who was only two years of age, move to Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. And that's where I am here now. Yeah, so you're a resident as am I. Great city, isn't it? I, I'll tell you, like, it's so funny. Um, I got to give a shout out. There's this little place that I found right off of Spring Mountain called Gabi. And, and have you been to this place? No. Incredible. It's like got all these like pastries and these specialty coffees and crepes and all these different things. We it was like a little hole in the wall. Like, and the reason why I'm saying that is because a lot of people think of Vegas as the Strip, right? Right. And they're saying, well, you know, I go there three days, I'm out. You know. Yep. I move here, I find all these mom mom and pop, you know, shops and great. and restaurants. Yeah. And and they're not trying to franchise. I'm like, it's one of the most incredible places for culinary and all these things. So I love it. It's yeah. really incredible. You know, it's funny. People think there are blinking lights outside our bedroom window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't realize, yeah. you know, we live in beautiful neighborhoods just like other cities have. And, and uh, Yeah, I absolutely love Las Vegas. I fell in love with it. So, you know, you broke a number of records. And I used to run the Troubadour years ago. And when I ran a Troubadour years ago, the Knack came in. It was a huge success. Remember the Knack, My Sharona. Oh, yeah, of course. And uh, my, my, my Sharona. Yeah, great monster song. And I'll never forget when I was <laughs> running. I've never seen a, a, a song do what that song did back then. But I remember their record outsold Meet the Beatles. And it was a 
big deal then, you know, that, that they would have achieved that level. Yeah. When Millennium came out, you created a record. You guys beat mm -hmm. Garth Brooks with over a million units in the yeah. U.S. alone in the first week. Yeah. It was a big, it was a big launch for us, and it was a very special moment. We had just come off our Backstreets, Backstreets Back album, which had yeah. a lot of great songs. Quit yeah. playing games, Backstreets Back, yeah. everybody, and all these songs. Um, as long as you love me, and um, at that time we, uh, you know, we jumped on a plane, we went back, went over to Sweden with Max Martin, started recording all these songs for the next record, and we felt there was this anticipation that we felt like. Uh, this could be really big, you know, and, you know, but how big is it going to be? And then, then it became this whole thing, you know, where ba people were trying to break records and, and then these, uh, these records were being shattered and then yeah. they were starting to emphasize it a little bit more. And we're like, we started talking internally and we said, you know, do you think we'll be able to do it? Because it really was based off of pre-sales. Right. Everyone was like, well, it started like with a the book. Yeah. So the pre-sales really set it, uh, set it up and. And then we kind of started getting the information in as we were getting ready to launch, you know, weeks out. And they're like, we think you're going to beat the pre-sale. We think we're going to beat Garth Brooks. We're like, are you kidding me? Garth Brooks? Like, <laughs> like that, that's, these are people we grew up listening to and loving, you know, yeah. and, and we're about to break their record. So, you know, it, it's definitely, a, a, those are special uh, milestones and, and things that we'll never forget. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Celebrity was a little difficult for me when it hit me. Yeah. Now, it hit me later in life, right? I never thought I'd be on TV. I never thought I'd be a celebrity or have fame, all that. You know, I just wanted money. I was focused yeah. on just making money when I was younger. And it took me three to four years to even just get comfortable in it, you yeah. know, because I think celebrity is sort of above what I sometimes think. I just think I'm a regular guy. You know, yeah. sitting with you, you and I are regular guys. Right. But you've had celebrity from such a young age. You've never not had celebrity in your adult life. Yeah, since I was... 12 years old. I mean, I, I mean, it really didn't kick into was, you know, like I said, right. 15 still in my teens. Yeah. Um, and you know, it is definitely, um, not easy. That's for sure. Pressure. And, and it's pressure to, to, to maintain, to be perfect. And, um, but you know, you're, you're learning on the job and, and you're growing up as a teenager and, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, learning about life and everything. So yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things that you, if you're thrust into it and, and you don't know anything about it, you know, you're, you're trying to just basically cope with it. And, but you know, now I've gotten to a point in my life where, you know, you know, I, the beautiful thing is that my three children mm -hmm. and my wife ground me more than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, knowing that, you know, I have a, two-month-old baby girl and, you know, a two-year-old uh, baby girl and, and my five-year-old who's literally going to school here yeah. in, in Las Vegas. Vegas, you know, and taking him to school and, you know, all of these things that I think once, once I realized that celebrity is not important and I don't care, like I, I could literally lose it all. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. What matters most to me is my children and phone calls. Literally, on. <laughs> uh, is my children and, um, you know, just providing for them good education, um, being there for them, being present, being a father. Those are what are, are important. Everything else is added on top of it. And I can just basically say, you know, screw the outside world. Yeah. It's interesting when, when uh, uh, you look at your process of growing up and then you look at Dancing with the Stars. What an experience that was. Absolutely. Yeah. I loved it. And then, you know, I. I love Nick Carter, the reality show, yep. which is, you know, you and I share. We both did a reality show. How did you like that camera following you around like that? Hated it. <laughs> I, I bet you did. I can relate. Hated it. Uh, I'll say, I'll say, listen, there's um, there's a part of me that hates it, and then there's a part of me that, that, that obviously, I'm an entertainer. Yeah. This is the entertainment business. Yeah. You know, I, was, I talk to my wife every time, and she says, she's like, you, you, what, you really, like, because basically COVID, when, like, the pandemic hit, I was just basically eating and taking care of my kids and, you know, having Hanging some out. wine every now and then yep. and just, you know, gaining some weight. And I was just dad, you know. And so we're like, okay, we're getting ready to get going again, start working. And she's yeah. like, she's like, I, I say, I, I kind of like this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if, I want, if I'm going to want to do this. And she's like, yeah, right. Come on. You know, <laughs> you love this. So that's, I mean, look, it's in me. I love to entertain the reason I love to entertain is not really, I mean, I get something out of it, but when I look in that audience and I see those people and I see the smile on their faces, yeah. 
we had just done this um, thing recently with InSync, um, uh, a couple of the guys from InSync, um, uh, Joey and Lance, and I'm doing some entrepreneurial things with uh, Lance as well, and AJ, and we uh, were able to uh, donate a, a certain amount of money to the Trevor Project out in LA. Um, but we did this video that went viral on uh, on TikTok, and and a lot of people were saying, "Oh my God, we're getting like these like nostalgic feelings," and 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 that's what it's all about to me. You know, to be I mean, if you really think about it, we came the past year and a half, we have come out of such a dark time in a society, yeah. and I feel as if people are wanting entertainment again. Big time. They're, you know, they're wanting all these things. They're want, and we're, we just want to be a part of that story. Yeah. To be, because when people are at a Backstreet Boys concert, they're, if they're at a Nick Carter concert, um, if we're doing entertainment, your show that you do, is one of the most entertaining shows ever. You nice. know, and and that's our job, is to lift people's spirits and to give them something that can help them detach yeah. from reality. Yeah. And that's what I love about being an entertainer. And it shows. It shows, Thank buddy. Because, you. you know, you guys are having a lot of fun up there. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no question. So, separate of the Backstreet Boys, you've done some solo stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, there's there's one song, Help Me, that I thought was a great tune, by the way. Thank you. Thank a you. Really good tune, which yeah. actually did really well in sales and charts and stuff. And then you're working on another solo record, but the back, the boys called. Yep. And, you know, I, f- I find it also fascinating how so many artists leave a group and then go do their solo thing and turn their back on the group. Yeah. You guys don't turn your backs on each other. Yeah, you know, that's the one thing that um, I, I don't, I, maybe it's just the way that it, that it is. Maybe it's our dynamic. Maybe it's... Um, loyalty? Well, there's loyalty and, and there's appreciation for the fact that, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now without those other four guys. So I never can forget them. Right. You know, and I mean, all of our families, when we're on the road, you know, our wives are all hanging out together. You know, our children are playing in the same dressing rooms together, uh-huh. you know, with the same toys. Um, th- this it is a very special dynamic that we have um, that's unlike anything else out there. And I love that. At the same time, we've gotten older and, and we've been able to allow each other to go out and do things and experiment and try, mm-hmm. whether it's. You know, a TV show, a, 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 whatever it is, you know, and and then we come back fresh, even with new ideas for the group. Yeah. And so that's kind of how that how it works. You know, if I asked Mick Jagger when he was your age if he thought he'd be touring at eighty years old, he would have said no way, right? Like nobody's gonna be listening <laughs> to our stuff back then. But the fact of the matter is, you know, the Backstreet Boys are gonna last exactly as long as you want them to. Thank it's you. not yeah. going to go away. You understand that. Uh, it's, uh, my wife told me that this morning. <laughs> no, no, it's really true. <laughs> and, you know, you look at the success of the residency here in Vegas. Yeah. You know, you look at the fact that you can take that band, to, and you're unbelievably successful here, but there are places in the world where you can go and be even more successful and generate yeah. even more energy. And then the fact that there are so many venues right now that would sign a Backstreet Boys show in a heartbeat, right? They'd stand in line to do... It's not going anywhere. Now, there was a lull there for a few years, as is natural with acts like that, with things quiet down for a short while yeah. and then they come back again. Yeah. Did you think it would be this strong this long? It's really, I mean, when you're living in the moment, which I think is the most important thing to do, yeah. um, uh, You, yes, you have these goals that you set you know, internally and you say, well, you know, we would love to outlast everything i mean and also too it's so funny because a big buccaneers fan i always go back to football as being my example of things to (laughs) reference to but you look at tom brady right and and uh, what do you admire about him that he's been able to stand the test of time you know not just mentally and physically but you know uh, through just literally decades and decades and decades of and and we had, like you said, we went through that. There was a time when Kevin had left the band for a little bit, mm-hmm. and and he he went and I, I think it was like almost like four or five years. And you know, we we kept going. We did a couple of albums. I'm really proud of those albums. It wasn't the same dynamic. We did we went on tour with the New Kids on the Block. We did mm-hmm. that uh, NKOTBSB tour, and that yep. was a lot of fun. Yep. Um, and then even before that, uh, there was. We didn't know what what were we gonna do, you know what you know. We were we started playing bars and you know no disrespect to bars. Yeah, I yeah. love I love live music you know, and bars. Smaller venues, smaller venues, yeah. and and it got to the point where I mean people forgot about us, you know. And you have to cut. You gotta get, just keep grinding and 
keep finding ways to just you know maintain maintain relevancy. and maintain their relevancy yeah. and, and I, I look at it like a, a roller coaster almost so you're up on this wave and then you come down and then there's that you know that valley yeah if you can last that valley you're going to go back up to, again you know yeah. to the peak yeah, Richard Nixon believe it or not once said uh, uh, you don't know what it's like to be in the highest mountain until you've been in the lowest valley yeah <laughs> yeah and That's true. it's true yeah it is, and it in here's the thing too the the respect and appreciation for, you know, understanding that it can all go away and you can lose it all. Yeah. And the value of that and appreciating that and respecting it, you know, there might have been a time when we had to learn that, yeah. you know. And so now that we're, I'd like to say we're kind of floating at a nice high level, um, you know, we, we just want to make sure that we... When it comes to everybody around us, the people that we associate with, um, you know, everybody has a has a voice. Is there's a person out there who's working hard for you, you know, just showing appreciation to everybody yeah. around us and and realizing um, that I think is has made it's made it even better than what it was before. Yeah, you know, it's interesting for me too. I look at people on TV and say, "Who the hell can do the same show two hundred times?" I mean, how do you do that? <laughs> I just crossed my 200th episode. Congratulations and had, on that. And, and it's a rarity. I mean, it's a big freaking deal. It's like a platinum, if you will. Yeah. You know, or a triple platinum, whatever. But but uh, same thing you were talking about when you were talking about the Buccaneers or yourselves. I mean, staying power means something. You know, it does. lasting a long time means something. Absolutely. And you think about a lot of your peer brands that were blips. <laughs> I mean. Came and went. You know, a lot of one-hit wonders and stuff. But, you know, the staying power stays with the talent. But yeah. you fascinate me because of your depth of talent, Nick, and, and you know you are a classic song and dance man, if you will. Yeah, you are, and, and you you have a great love for both of that. And but you also write music. You know, you produce yeah. your own music. Were you married when people made you one of the fifty most beautiful, or were you still single then? I was single. You were still single. <laughs> Imagine this to all single men in America. Imagine being voted People's Magazines. 50 most beautiful, was it people or men? <laughs> I think it was teen people. <laughs> teen people, okay, still great score, great score. So, so. And, and I think it's, an, I, I think what people have to understand, what's in my head, and when I, and I appreciate it, and I thank, I thank people for that. I don't ever look at myself that way. You know, I, I try to maintain and realize that, I mean, there's times I'm, I'm, I'll talk myself in, in, into something and say, oh, well, you look good today, Nick. You know? <laughs> then I'm like, oh, that was really stupid. <laughs> Why would I say? I, because I'm just Nick. Right. You know, I, I'm just, uh, I'm a normal guy. Um, and, you know, I just try to look and be the best I can be. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I've always felt that success in entertainment comes from authenticity. Yeah. I've always felt that's true. But, you know, things have not always been so easy for you. Mm -hmm. You know, and you have had some struggles over the years, but what's unbelievable is is uh, uh, how successful and how you've dug out of it so much. Yeah. And I know that you. that you drank a little when you were very young, mm -hmm. which was obviously not a great thing to have happened, but, you know, that could put you on a difficult path. I know you've had some issues with that. And I think about <coughs> all the friends that I have had over the years that have had the same issues that you had that did not pull out, buddy. You know, and weren't able to be successful. And I, I wrote down yeah. a name of a book that I was reading in your bio, Why Some Positive Thinkers Get Powerful. Yeah. Now, you were at a low point in your life. Mm -hmm. And and your friends, I think it was some of the Backstreet Boys, right? Yeah, it, it was Kevin. It was Kevin. Gave you this book. Mm -hmm. And you went and you read it. Mm-hmm. What about it changed you? Because it really well, was profound. When I read about you, it's had a profound impact. So the, the the author's name is uh, Norman Vincent Peale. It's a very old book. You know, there's some some things in there I think that are classic. You know, as far as um, recommendations and things. You know, things that that it might not work for everybody. Um, but I was able to to take pieces of that book and some of the words that he had written and apply it. You know, to to my life and to who, who I wanted to be. And one of those was the, uh, the value of belief, you know, of God. And that was something that was important to me, you know, that he, he, he focused on too, as well. Having, having a higher power, something mm -hmm. that you can, you know, look to, um, mm -hmm. and, and talk to. And, um, a that was one strength. thing. A strength. strength yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not, you know, preaching anything or pushing any, yeah. I, I kind of believe in everything, you know what I mean? 
Um, but that was one thing that it really stood out to me. Um, and then just for you, you have to be able to educating yourself. Like we talked about before, I, you know, did not finish high school. didn't, Mm -hmm. um, go to high school. And there was times I had to like from my wife, you know, like learn from, she was a, an avid reader. She had this huge book collection in her house. When we got together. I literally started picking out her books and started reading and educating myself. So those were things that, and so that was one of those books, but I felt, you know, reading books, I think is so important, you know, and, and finding a way to, uh, you know, add stuff to your toolbox that can really help you later on in life. No one's perfect. We all know that I'm not perfect. I'm never proclaimed to be that. But I've always tried to to um, learn more and better myself. And that's pretty much what it was. And, and, you know, Kevin and all those guys, I have always connected with those guys. Two of the guys from Kentucky, you know, they're, they're, they're Southern boys. Uh, you know, uh, AJ and all of them have become a part of me, a piece of me. And they became my family, and I love them for that. Yeah, they would probably say the same thing, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's really a remarkable thing. So, you are a passionate filmmaker. <laughs> Bad actor, but passionate filmmaker. Yeah, yes. So you're, you're really into writing and, and working on screenplays and stuff. Yeah. So, so uh, Backstreet Boys and music aside, is is that what you're most passionate about, other than, than uh, being on stage? Well, I think I'm passionate about a lot of things. Um, there, later in my life, I have come to this place. I don't know if it's be- becoming a father or whatever it is, but. Um, uh, during the pandemic, we didn't have anything to do. Right. So I pretty much started diving into like just like learning about companies. Uh, just and I started doing like some, not sit necessarily day trading, but I was online. I was doing a lot. I was learning about all these different companies. A lot of biotechs. I'm mm-hmm. into a lot of the biotechs and stuff like that. And and also you know. There's this whole cryptocurrency thing that's been yep. going on yep. right now. I'm into the DeFi. Into the I'm into, into the DeFi world okay. a little bit. Um, learned a lot about that, but I started really learning about companies and 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 getting into being an entrepreneur even more mm. and and enjoying that. I was never into it before, but because that that big just divide happened and that time yeah. off that we had, it forced me into a place where I, I educated myself, and so I've become. So now I'm coming out of it, going into doing more music with the guys, but I'm like, okay, what can I do here? So that's when I uh, called up Lance Bass, and him and I are actually uh, starting a, um, a company uh, based off of uh, a token that we found, that I found online. There's this token called uh, Takinu, and um, it's a, a, an adorable character that we're, we're creating an intellectual property on it, on top of it. We want to create cartoons, we want to that's create great. merchandise. Uh, passionate about video games, so I'm going to create an actual uh, a, a, a video game based off of this character, Suki. And so we're in the middle of that. And But what's really cool is that the whole DeFi is involved in it. So there's this token that's sort of like underneath it all. Mm. And um, that's really cool. Uh, I love Lance. I've been in Lance's home. Oh, really? Because, because I've done his podcast with him. Yeah. And when I did his, probably about two years ago, maybe three years ago, and, and I did it from his home. He's a beautiful home in the hills. Yep, I was, we were just there. We and did. he has a, a neat little office, not a very big room, but a great little office. And he did the podcast right from his office. And, yep. And I, I love him very much. Please send him my best. When I will. Speaking. And, you know, this leads into another thing from the uh, entrepreneurial side of things. Um, the We went to Rocco's, yeah. his club, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, which is club, doing well, I hear. It's really doing well. Yeah. And that's where, I think that was the first night. It was after our event that we did. So Lance Bass opens a bar and doesn't call his buddy. Can Kath you believe it? Say, can you help me on any of this? I, I, he's going to hear this. He's going to be like, what the hell, Nick? Yeah, bust him for that. <laughs> Set me up. Yeah, so we go there, and it was great experience. Great, you know, we had a lot of fun. It was, um, and and that was one of the things I was talking to him about. I'm like, you know, I really, um, I love live music. Um, I love live music that's played in bars. Me too. I'm I'm really passionate about it. Maybe that stems from the beginning of the conversation. Yeah. You know, uh, can with I my- say so- something will shock you? I have the only patent ever issued by the federal government for the designing of music to achieve a desired ambiance in a hospitality property. Wow. Twenty five years ago, I created a company called Music Plan. Wow. And the concept is: you got a business plan, you got a marketing plan, you need a music plan. Yeah. 
It's so, so true. So I took a computer database and I paid a bunch of DJs uh, a lot of money, and it took us two and a half years to put at the time fifty-seven thousand songs into a database. We categorized them by beats per minute key. So we could stay within the same key when we mixed. And then we broke it out by music type, pop, rock, classic, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then we color-coded it by energy level based upon instrumentation type, vocalization type, and all that. And you'd put together this grid. And then we had a computer program that we put your music demographics in. You know, lunch, the demo is this. Dinner, the demo is that. And it would search every it was called auto, Autophon or something. Every record on every album in the world. And it would print up the 900 songs that you need on as few discs as possible back then. Wow. And then, so hotels and all these companies, we had thousands of clients. We'd stock their DJ booths. This was vinyl back then. With wow. all the records, we designed their music programs, you know, for, with all beat permitted curves and left turns and weaves, and we had all these different kind of music programs. And then uh, CDs came out, and computer technologies came out was the end of music. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was great for a few years. So, so when you say that, buddy, I'm with you. I get it. You know, you can yeah. take, but you know this is a Backstreet Boy because you can take the same set, change the order of those songs, and it's it's not like you're the same band. It's unbelievable the difference in energy and pace. Oh, yeah, there's nothing like it, like yeah. live music. And, you know, I, going back into what I was saying, I, I have aspirations to, you know, start a bar maybe someday and, and, and really focus on, Putting like a really great uh, stage in there, you know, and ha have it be something. Maybe you should help me out with that. I'd love to help you out with that. <laughs> so down in Key West, uh, this actually. Is th or this is the city to do it. See, Key West well, too, but Key yeah, West is great. You have a place in Key I, West. Yeah, we're actually, um, we have a place down there. We're actually building a house down there. So nice. I love it. We're, we're boaters. We go out. All, my wife's been a master diver for years and. Um, you know, so kids love it. They love playing in the sand and we go out to all the reefs. I don't know if you've been yeah, down there, but, yeah. you know, really, really, uh, integrated in, into the community down there. And I, I love it, you know, and, um, doing a lot of, I, what one, another thing too, in my life, I, you know, being a parent is I'm focusing a lot on like a lot of philanthropic things, you know, doing things. Um, and out here, especially, uh, I was able to connect with, uh, cure for the kids, Mm. I don't know if you know that. Yes, the, I do. The, the hospital out here, yep. um, really incredible uh, place. Um, and, and we did a lot of stuff with the Boys and Girls Club out here when we did the residency and, yeah. you know, doing stuff down there uh, in, in the Keys with the ocean and in, in trying to find ways to just give back to the communities. And, and that's really important to me right now. Isn't it wonderful that we can take this celebrity thing that we have yeah. and we can leverage it and people write checks to charities because yeah. of us leveraging that. It's an amazing thing. I'm, I love a Ronald McDonald House. I've helped it. I'm very involved in uh, St. Yeah. Jude's Ranch for Children here in Las Vegas. Yep. is an orphanage. That, you know, it's a wonderful operation here. Yeah. Did you know that Las Vegas gives a, is the most charitable city in America per capita? Are you serious? I, had no, I had no idea. That's yeah. incredible. I mean, I feel it when in you're the here. city. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Yeah. Um, and it's, that's definitely a really special part of the city and community as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Nick, so many people look up to you. You know, they look up to you. They look at you as an entertainer. And, you know, I look up to you because, you know, I look at your discipline when you were young. Learning dance is not easy. Oh, yeah. You know, we can Singing talk like about you do is not easy. <laughs> you know, no, the show not. that you guys do yep. is not easy. And the rehearsals and, and so yep. you were disciplined at a young age to do this, you know, and, and you somehow had this internal ability to discipline yourself and, and, and create something special. Yeah. And, and a lot of people are, 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 are look up to you for having that trait and that ability. And later in life, there were moments when you lost it and you pulled yourself back together again. What would you say to that young person who maybe has musical aspirations or, or entertainer aspirations or even just, you know, wants to be a dentist? But this year has set them back so much, Nick. And, yeah. you know, you are as great as a comeback guy <laughs> as you are as, 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 a, as a starter, as a star. Yeah. So, so what do you say to those people, if you can, if I can ask you this, after this tough, tough year and yep. this setback, what, what's your advice, Nick, as, as a comeback king to help people re-inspire themselves? Well, number one, I appreciate that uh, title, but I, I don't look at myself as being a, a king or comeback king or anybody, anything no, like that. But thank you. Um, I, you know, this is, like I said before, one of the, we'll never, 
I think our generation won't go through anything like this again when it yeah, comes to, you know, the pandemic. And, and I think that I, I see it as being an opportunity that pe- people are going to, they're going to come out better. They're, they're, I think they see this light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. They're, they are, they are motivated. I, I'm talking to a lot of people in, in the industry who have, Ideas that I don't think that they would have had. I agree. If they didn't have that time to stop. And a lot of businesses, because they see opportunity now. It's almost like a new beginning in a way. It really feels that way. It really does. And that's, you know, on on one hand, you know, it's we can look at the the negative, but we can also try to accentuate the positive. And I think that's what the advice that I would give them is is look, you know, look forward. Create something fresh and new and exciting and and be a part of that story, you know, that everybody, that longing for en- entertainment, that longing, for, that people want that. You can feel it, the yeah. energy. Okay. So find a way to be a part of that story and, and create something. That excites like, you. I, I had, had this conversation with um, Kevin in our band and he, and he would use, the, he would re- refer to the Roaring Twenties. That's what I've been calling it. That's how it feels to me. Right. And and there's so much opportunity out there. You know what I learned this year, Nick? I learned this year more than ever how much we need each other. I, I can't even, I mean, exactly. You know, we need each other to keep each other safe. Yep. We need each other to keep to keep money in each other's pockets. Yeah. We need each other to keep these small businesses going in all these towns that have been hurt. We need yeah. to spend local and really support these businesses. You know, we need each other to keep our children safe. And not only from a sanitation standpoint, yeah. but, you know, in, in all sorts of ways. I've learned that more this year because yeah. I've missed people so much. Yeah. And, you know, I've I've learned that I need you. Yeah. I need the Backstreet Boys. I need this stuff to come back. This yeah. is really important Thank to you. happen yeah. in society. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, but yet at the same time, and this is where my distress comes, and this is not a political discussion at all. At the same time that we all need each other so much and we've come out of this the divisiveness is such a freaking bummer these days. It's yeah. pulling us down. Yeah, I see. Again, I maybe I'm a, an optimist, yeah. you know, but I I see, I see us coming together. I had this, I, you know, I've had conversations with producers and and writers. I, I'm, you know, how do we maybe write a song that actually talks about coming together and that inspires you know, that couldn't tear us apart. Yeah, you know, you can't. Ooh. You know, and I literally have had those conversations and um, finding ways to create that. And again, that goes into that that mentality of of a contemporary we are the world. Well, yeah, a, yeah, maybe a a contem- for sure, yeah. yeah. Um, and because you were you're right, we need each other. We do need each other. We are America, and America thrives together. And I see that, and I and I and it's it's getting there, and I'm really excited for the future, and that's just the way I see it. Yeah, me too, buddy. Yeah, what a pleasure to be able to sit and talk together today. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I thought you were, I thought you were a great guy. <laughs> now I know you are. Thank you. I you appreciate know, it. Uh, uh, so I got a chance to meet your beautiful wife. Yes. Who who is uh, uh, on the other side of the glass? Yeah. And, and we can wave. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Does she want to say I, I hi dragged for a her, second? I drug her in here. No, she, she does. Well, okay. She's but, fine. But, you know, it's What's wonderful that? to see you here with, <laughs> with you know, uh, your father-in-law, your Thank wife, you. and you're a family guy, aren't you? Absolutely. You know, that's that's what motivates and drives me right now yeah. um, is I, I realize because of them that it's not about me. And, I, and that is motivating me to want to be better and to... You know, to want to continue to entertain, to continue to to do the job that I that I because I know that everything that not gonna we're not gonna be here forever. I'm gonna die someday, you know. But what I do now for them is gonna be what perpetuates their story for the rest of their life, yeah. and that that excites me. Yeah, me too. That, emo- that motivates me. Me too. And the fact that you and I, as public figures, have the right to uh, the ability to inspire young people yeah. at a time like this is great too. Nick, thank yes, you for sir. being here, my brother. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. A ton of fun. And uh, when can we expect this new record coming out? Can you give us any? So this uh, hypothetical new record. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, no, it's uh, hypothetically we're, we're, we're might all, be out when. At, at, I'm just saying it's a you know. Maybe before the holidays holiday? are a great time, isn't it? It's a wonderful. I love the holidays. <laughs> I love holiday presents. I love holiday music. I love all that kind of stuff. I th- yeah, that's look. I can say I could just say this. You know, um, we're almost done with it, and uh, the I can already visualize what, I, in my opinion, everyone's going to want to be in Vegas for for Christmas. Mm, wow. Well, I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you it's know, a great place to be, right? So before we turned on a recorder, Nick mentioned this to me, and, and I, I said, so how is it? How does it feel? And he looked at me, and his eyes lit up, and he goes, fantastic. <laughs> so, you know, you know, and you know when you did Millennium, you know when you walked out that it was something special. You just weren't quite sure how special, but you knew it was special, didn't you? Yeah. The record itself? Yeah, yeah the record itself. Yeah. It, you knew it after you made it, right? Yeah, it's one of those top-to-bottom albums, Um once in a lifetime, a moment. You know, we named it. It was the turn of the yeah. the millennium. Was year two thousand and nineteen ninety nine was going in two thousand and um, everyone was talking about that whole Y two K thing. Yep. And there was, was a bunch of bull. there was all this yeah <laughs> internet <laughs> later on. Um, but it was a it was a, a place in time. It was a a, a pinpoint in time, and it, it was I think it was just perfect. It was. I'm not saying the album's perfect, but it just everything yeah, the timing was flawless came. To a head, and it all intersections led yeah. to one place, and it was that album called yeah. Millennium. That was a pretty perfect record, though. I got to tell you, I appreciate it. Yeah, Thank it you. really was. Thank you. <laughs> Thank great you, sir. Here. Well, I must say, Corey, that was a lot of fun. It was. So Nick is a great guy. Came yeah. here with his wife Lauren, his father-in-law, a couple of friends. He had a new baby just two months ago. Really exciting about that. Has two other great kids. I can tell everybody who wonders, you know, what a guy like Nick Carter is—a child star, a pop star. He's a good guy. You know, he just wants to be a good dad, a good husband, and live a good life. And it's really great to see that his success sustains itself and that the Backstreet Boys are still doing tours and exciting new records. And it's fun to see. And you know what? Good people deserve success. And Nick deserves this success. So thanks, everybody, for listening. You know, what Nick said was really true. Roaring 20s. This is an exciting time for all of us. So get out there. Go see your friends. Go do things. Go start a business. Go to dinner. Go out to a bar. Go to a theme park. Go do it, and I'll talk to you next time. This is John Taffer, the John Taffer Podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe. If you'd like to send me an email, you can do so to podcast at johntaffer.com. That's podcast at johntaffer.com. Or you can even leave me a voicemail. You can do so at 877-4-TAFFER, 877-4-TAFFER. I'd love to hear from you. Take care. Talk to you next time. You are my fire. That's right. The one. Subscribe to the John Tapper Podcast right now.